0: Welcome to the Nativa podcast series, where we provide a weekly data-driven analysis of the trending topics among the minority groups in the U.S. I'm Natasha Pongonis, co-founder of OYE Business Intelligence, and joining me today is my business partner and co-founder of OYE and Nativa, Eric Diaz. And we have one of our data analysts, Josh Shara Karuta joining us today, who's going to be talking about the latest data that he collected. Um, so let's get started. So one of the topics that is been trending uh, besides COVID-19 is a COVID-19 vaccine. So as we know, um, they're trying, the new administration is rolling out the vaccine throughout the nation. There is a lot of resources, information, even misinformation about the vaccine. So we decided just to, Go to data and have a better understanding of what are the authentic voices of Hispanics, Blacks, and German markets saying about the vaccine. Uh, you know, we can read on the news, even talk about our friends and our families. Um, there is a lot of perhaps. Um, no much resources to understanding some people might want to have the vaccine, some others don't want the vaccine. Um, so I think, you know, looking through this analysis and, and perhaps even sharing our personal experiences, we can have a little bit of a better understanding and perhaps an anticipation of what might be coming ahead in the next few months. So let's get started. So Josh, tell us a little bit about what is the range of the data that you collected and the volume.
1: Yeah, so for this report, I collected data about uh, coronavirus and the corona, well, specifically the coronavirus vaccine. I searched for all, all tweets that uh, mention any form of the word like corona, COVID, COVID-19, all that, and matched it against uh, tweets that also like mention either vaccine, vaccination, or vacuna. I I did this to try to get like the both uh, English and Spanish conversations, uh, which talk about the COVID-19 vaccination.
0: Yeah. That's great. And tell me a little bit about the keywords, since our software is keyword based um, and COVID-19 obviously is, you know, you can translate that language. Did you only did COVID-19 or do you also did vaccine and vacuna for Spanish? What are some of the keywords that you use?
1: Uh, yeah i included vacuna for uh spanish uh, and that was my attempt to try to get more spanish content in the in the thing and i just kind of only had like vacuna and vaccine and those were the two like, like search words that would
0: mm-hmm.
2: pop up with tweets so if they if they paired with uh, covid or coronavirus or correct yeah. okay got it
0: all right, so let's move along and let's talk a little bit more about, you know, the what we see on the percent and the overall volume across the different ethnic groups. Um,
1: uh, yes, yeah, so I, for, in this report, I took data from two weeks, from uh, December 29th to January thirteenth, and I got. 82,000 tweets total. And out of those 82,000, 17,000 were from US Hispanics and 23,000 were from Black Americans. I thought this was pretty interesting because like if you break it down into percentages, you can see that both uh, the Hispanics and the Black Americans are over-indexed to what we normally see uh, in our data and our reports. I know... um, the US Hispanics normally around like 15% and then the black Americans closer to 7% 7 to 10%. So that's really
2: high for a black American audience. As far as talking about this, if yeah, triple, maybe even four times as much data as we normally see, and then compared to just the regular, uh, us demographics, which is 12% black. If we're at 28%, that means this is really a hot topic among the black audience.
0: Definitely very interesting. I think, you know, as we continue the analysis, we can start diving a little bit deeper on the language, but also the sentiment. So on the language in particular, more Hispanics, um, what are some of the trends that you see, Josh?
1: So I saw, so most of the conversation was in English and there was very little bilingual conversation if it was, if it did contain Spanish. So that means most of the Spanish content was in pure Spanish. About like thirteen percent pure Spanish compared to two and a half of the bilingual content.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do see it, the uh, the chart was um, very much blue, meaning yeah, English English dominant. Why don't we take a look uh, for those that can see if we can just show an example of maybe the the Joe Biden vaccination post, because uh, that's a good example of somebody. And uh, this. This uh, Twitter user I, I saw was actually in Illinois, and they're sharing uh, content in Spanish about Joe Biden, obviously the, the president presidential nominee at that point, um, that was taking the, the vaccination. So a lot of information, a lot of articles. Josh, I think you mentioned that a lot of sharing of information, media sources, both English and Spanish being shared. Yeah. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Most of the tweets I found were people sharing an, an English or a Spanish news article and just either rehashing the headline or uh, a small summary of what they thought of the heart. Yeah,
2: I want to look at that one other, there was a bilingual post that really caught my eye. It was uh, basically, I think, also like encouragement of people to go out and get the uh, get the vaccination. So I'll I'll read this out loud uh, for those that can't see. So uh, this lady, Karen. Uh, She says, hola, New Mexico or New Mexico, register for your COVID-19 vaccine here. So a good example, very, uh, very much a Spanglish mix or bilingual, just saying hola, really. And then and then kind of encouraging people to go get the vaccine, vaccination.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's something that we see overall is people sharing useful resources and encouraging others to get the vaccine. And, you know, I guess I'm curious, you know, I think. In, for me personally, uh, I can't wait to have the vaccine. I'm in favor for the vaccine, uh, but there is a lot of people within my network, of, of even families and friends, that are still a little bit hesitant on taking the vaccine. That they want to see a, a further rollout, want to see more testing before they actually are willing to take the vaccine. Um, so I'm curious, what is your position, Josh and Eric, on this?
2: Well, Natasha, one thing I was gonna say is, you know, luckily since you're uh, just a little bit older than than us, that you'll hey. be a little bit closer.
0: <laughs> I know older because you're not that far behind me, buddy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, I I'm gonna wait in, until um, I'm I'm in line. Basically, I haven't looked into it, but uh, when my uh, soon to be wife fiance tells me I-, I should go take it, I- I'll go take it.
0: That's interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, I personally feel that I am um, I'm, I'm, haven't been going out of my way to try to get it, but whenever it does become like my turn to take it, I'm down and willing to take it
0: and i think you know in my perspective things might start changing in the future we're starting to see some changes in the aviation um you know they're requiring to you have to do the test before you board a fly when you arrive to the destination same as well so i wonder as you know more vaccines are available especially for those who are traveling quite often and maybe traveling abroad that's going to be part of the requirement and at that point, um, you know, maybe that will become more of a standard process if you want to, um, you know, kind of go back to the semi, semi-normal life. Um, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but um, I can maybe predict a little bit of, of changing on, on some of that behavior based on some of the regulations that might be imposed in the United States or abroad.
2: You know, someone mentioned to me yesterday, and I think they were... Half joking, but they were like, they should come out with a sticker or a tag and, and you could wear it. And it'd say, it would say, I've been vaccinated. <laughs> so no, I, I, I you laughed can at actually, that, but then I, I was like, Yeah, I think you get
0: like a, mask- if, if yeah, yeah, get like a yeah. little booklet or something that says, you know, that you have proof that you have the vaccine and the dates on that. So, but yeah, you know, who knows? There might yeah. be something coming up, you know, that says, <laughs> i'm immune and then you can whatever you walk in
2: (laughs) yeah it's not unheard of i mean like i I remember when i was looking at traveling before you know a lot of these countries or if you would want to go you have to show proof that you've been vaccinated and all that so it's really not unheard of it would just be like take it to a new level like what if you you know just carried it with you all the time and you went into a, a coffee shop and you're like hey i don't I've been vaccinated, I'm fine, you know, yeah, I, you know, I don't
0: know. Yeah. And I think you bring in another topic. I don't know if you guys have saw the news lately, but in Florida, um, they have a little bit of perhaps a more open approach and who can get the vaccine. And I'm from Argentina, so of course, I always keep track of the news from my home country. And there is a lot of people from Argentina who typically come to Miami for vacation, especially now since it's the summer in Argentina. And actually they were able to get the vaccine because the state of Florida wanted people who coming from other countries and may have um, COVID-19 that they don't actually are passing the virus to other individuals in the communities. So a lot of people from Argentina actually were able to get the vaccine. So the local community of course reacted and they were very happy about that because they're following the the right procedure or the process about when based on the age and who is some of the first responders? So I think they're looking back and evaluating uh, who should be eligible or not. So it's interesting, I think, even by state, right? Each state seems to have a different approach.
2: Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Um, okay, and then if we can roll down and let's look at the uh, Latino index a little bit. And, and this is something I, Josh, I took a look at a little earlier and I saw that it was really high on L1. So I think it was around 82% L1, which of course is uh, Latino one is uh, the the level uh, on the Latino index, which, which means that basically the folks at are talking the most about the vaccination are folks that are are the hispanic folks that are acculturated so they're the folks that engage more uh, in english almost pri- almost uh, primarily or exclusively in english and talk about more like american pop culture and uh, icons and all of that so that was interesting to me that it was as high i kind of expected that there was uh, would be a bit more of the l2 l3 but um, especially since we had more in, um, Spanish on this. So, so it did surprise me as far as being L1 um, predominantly, but then I guess it, against, the, uh, against the, we have this in the cross-reference with the entertainment um, industry and it's about this, I guess, it, or no, L3 is about the same. Actually, it looks like a number of those are, are similar. So um, anyway, Josh, I was just curious, you had any, any, any thoughts on on the Latino index as well?
1: Um, what I really saw from the like more acculturated uh, Latino is that they were, would just kind of share a news article. They're the ones who just more likely share a news article and just, Mm. that was about it. While like the other ones would sometimes add a little more of their own, like feeling or
2: sentiment to it. So more like the, the person that we saw that was like bilingually mentioning, hey, hola, New Mexico, go take your vaccine, go get your vaccination and all that okay interesting
0: yeah very much and i think you know definitely align with um the different level of the latino index is the generation the age uh, for the hispanics i saw josh that you had a sample of about um 1300 tweets and basically how our software works is through face recognition from the large sample just a number of those users might have a, a bio, a picture. So for Hispanics, we analyzed in a sample 1300. What was very interesting about this is just within the age, um, the perhaps the older Hispanic population, by older, I mean like 35, between the 54 years old were the ones that were the mostly engaged um, during those two weeks period um, about conversation. And together, they represent about 65% of the whole Hispanics um, talking about COVID-19. So that's a really high number uh, and high level of engagement. And I think, again, it comes back perhaps to, you know how sensitive, the older you get, m- you might be susceptible to COVID-19 and maybe that's in proportion to the number of conversation. When we look at the younger generation in Hispanics, the 25 to 34, only 11% were talking about this topic. Um, I think another interesting analysis within those uh, conversation is the type of information that was being shared. So there was some article information, perhaps also regarding some of the fears or concerns uh, with the virus. And there was also some tweets about excitement that the vaccine is finally available in the U.S. George, um, I don't know if you have any of those tweets as an example that we can share. Um, so yeah, so I think this is like, you know, someone actually showing how exciting um, she mm-hmm. is um, mm-hmm. about the vaccine and is sharing an article from The Hill. So this is something that we have seen consistently throughout the data that it was analyzed. Now looking into the generation analysis among Blacks, pretty similar to Hispanics. Uh, we see that, that age group between the 35 to um, the 54 were the one that they engaged the most um you know so definitely consistent against with with hispanics um i think josh you pointed out about 10 times more active than the 25 to 34 year old um were that older group so um this is something also that we seen with other topics being perhaps more consistent or even spread out throughout different age group but for these topics definitely the, the older generation is the one that seems to be the highly engaged.
2: No uh, I think uh, there was also a, a good example there from Ricardo there that was talking about um, I guess and, and I know we're about to talk a little bit more about the positive and negative but this is an example of like people talking about potentially negative aspects right to the vaccine and causing problems right. with, other, in, with other I guess health um, health issues.
1: Right yeah uh, Ricardo uh, he he shared an article describing how like some people with facial fillers might have some
2: uh, adverse Side reactions yeah, yeah to the to the vaccine which is a good segue let's uh, if we talk about sentiment, um, I think that's a really good point here because you know, Josh and Natasha, as we saw it's not necessarily uh, all positive here
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely I mean I think we rarely see a topic where it's so even pretty much in the number of positive negative in among Hispanics we see the um a high percent I'm trying I can't really zoom in um so 51 percent of positive came from Hispanics and 49 negative That's that's really high but I think somewhat looking more in depth into the data when we talk about negative there seems to be a lot of back and forth conversations between Twitter users, some who are in favor, some who are not in favor um, so might not necessarily be uh, about a particular article that has driving the most negative conversation but just people engaging in those conversations online. Um, and for the positive sentiment, it seems the majority is just regarding about um, just that the vaccine is available. Um, and I think you mentioned Josh, if you can share there was one about Lebron James also talking about the vaccine that generated a lot of engagement and conversations.
1: The surgeon general had asked LeBron James to get a public vaccine, similar to some of the political leaders did to kind of just ease tension and like lead by example. But Luis here, he feels that he thinks it's stupid and feels like LeBron doesn't need it at all. So <laughs> just a waste of a vaccine.
2: Yeah. I've, I've heard this argument, <laughs> uh, you know, I should mention, I am a a really big NBA fan, but uh, I've heard this argument that uh, actually Charles Barkley was talking about. And he said that, well, NBA, NBA stars, you know, they get approached by fans. Fans don't really like ask, Hey, can I come up to you? They'll just come up to you. Mm -hmm. So I I think that is a legitimate statement as to, Hey, people, these guys are are public figures, you know, two things. I mean, one, uh, you know, the, the U.S. Surgeon General is doing it more of like this is like public, you know, do it to set an example. Mm-hmm. And the other reason is like a legitimate safety concern. Like people do come up with these superstars. So, um, you know, everybody obviously has their own opinion, and and this is a very uh, popular topic to to discuss.
0: Absolutely, indeed. And when we look at the sentiment among um, Blacks Americans, I think it's similar reflection to the Hispanics, we still see that pretty much even a split between positive and sentiment, Um, you know, so very similar again to the Hispanics where we see Individuals just having those open conversations in favor or, or against. Um, but I think one of the perhaps takeaway is that a lot of the Blacks American were sharing articles and resources and information on, on Twitter, really trying to help their own community about getting more informed and make their own decisions what is right for them. Um, so definitely, I think if this is one of the topics actually we have seen the most um sharing resources and information i think there has been a lot of uh, perhaps mistrust in the media so um we'll see that some of the social medias are to, trying to take and tackle that a little bit more and twitter actually is implementing some new technologies on that way but uh, at the end of the day just look in the source look who's providing the information and what website you are going to and uh, there is nothing like going to the source which is the Uh, HHS and the CDC to get reliable health information. But Josh, if you have some example here to share on on some of the, the sentiment analysis.
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, a lot of people were angry about just somewhat fake news, I guess, for lack of a better word. And here's like an example of that. Someone, there's a article that a Mexican doctor was hospitalized after receiving the COVID vaccine but it was, a, I guess, a doctor with history of having severe allergic reactions mm-hmm. already. So it it's kind of a, that's something they left out in the headline mm-hmm. and it's kind of something very crucial to the narrative of the story. So people get angry for things like that. it's yeah. a good point, really good point.
0: What else can you tell us about the analysis, Josh?
1: Yeah, so if we look at the gender analysis, this, this was a very heavily male-dominated, a male-dominated topic Topic. Mm-hmm. by both Hispanics and Black Americans. Oh, got it. Yeah, we see that Black Americans actually lead with a little bit more of a male presence. They have 71% of the population being male, while Hispanics have 61%. But what I saw kind of looking at both of their conversations is that, especially in the Black community, there are a lot of women who were still adamant about getting the vaccine, despite there being a lot of, I guess, doubters in Mm. their inner circle. Mm. They talked about how, like, this is, uh, you sound like my uncle, or (laughs) you sound like my grandpa, but I'm still getting the vaccine. (laughs)
2: Would you also, could you show that one that you mentioned it was within Boston and all those healthcare workers? I thought that was a good one to show that there is, even though there's a lot, there's kind of even positive negative, there is some really positive ones, right?
1: Yeah. So right here we have a Boston, like Boston healthcare workers. They created a TikTok of them just doing a little dance number because they're (laughs) celebrating getting the first COVID vaccine
2: and I see it's got almost 5 million views, so yeah. yeah <laughs>
1: this is a very commonly shared tweet that I saw. Wow, hmm. very
2: good.
0: Yeah. I think another interesting section uh, was beside the sentiment and I, I think that was the geographic location. Um, you know, if you can tell us a little bit more were some of the inside. Well, I think that
2: Atlanta usually leads the discussion, and one of the things that we saw is is actually Maryland was really, uh, really leading among the Black American audience, and uh, two of the top three cities are actually D.C. and and Baltimore, which of course are pretty close uh, in geography, but uh, it was really uh, the, the the two of the five uh, top hotspots among the Black audience, uh, being 26% of the Black conversation uh, was coming from Washington D.C., and then secondly was uh, Atlanta was 14%, which often leads the conversation among the black audience. And then third after that was a significant drop was down to 5%, was the number three among the black audience with Baltimore. Among among Hispanics, I think we saw a lot of the, the usual suspects there as, as far as uh, LA, Miami, uh, New York uh, for the top three. However, DC was also in the top five. So it looks a lot of, like a lot of that uh, political conversation uh, resonate with the Hispanic audiences as well in the D.C.
0: area.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. We don't normally see a D.C. in the Hispanic location. So mm. I, that is pretty interesting. True. Very yeah,
0: good point. Definitely. Very interesting. And I think, you know, for anyone listening to this podcast, if you have any questions or if you wanted to learn more about the data that we collected, this is just an overview uh, of the analysis. But feel free to reach out. Send us an email to info.oye.com. Or, or uh, intelligence.com and we will be more than happy to answer any of your questions. We have a lot of the resources available on our website to download for free. Um, And we're gonna continue doing the analysis on this topic. Thank you, both of you. This was a really interesting analysis and you know, really allowed us to have this conversation about what is relevant today among our community and the communities that we serve. Um, stay tuned for the next podcast. Uh, we're trying to identify to to what's going to be the next topic. And again, if you have any suggestions, feel free to reach out. We're always open to hear um, those opinions. Thank you for listening and have a great week.
1: Well, thank you.